Hi, everybody. This is Matt Harrington, and you are listening to a Marketing Vermont special podcast. Uh, as we've said, in between our podcasts that we do monthly, we want to be interviewing thought leaders and subject matter experts on all things about rural marketing. Um, hopefully, you're tuning in from Vermont, but you may be also tuning in from around the country. So we hope these things pertain to you uh, as you're interested in small business marketing, rural economic marketing, or even just state marketing. We hope that uh, this podcast series and the podcast series provides you information and real in-depth dives into certain marketing subjects. Today, we want to talk about video um, in our uh, in our podcast here. And so with us, we have Luke Stafford. Luke Stafford uh, is the founder of Mondo Media Works. Been around for some time now. You've been working with brands like Ski Vermont, the Vermont Tourism Department. I'm sure you're going to mention a couple others in your intro. Um, but most recently, you've been working on a project called Travels with Charlie, which, yep. is, an, which is an episodic, serialized uh, video form. And we're going to get into those big words in a minute. But I think you've just done a really good job uh, following one person around, asking some tough questions about Vermont that, that we tend to not always have answers to. And you you've kind of framed it up in video in a very fun way. And so we're going to go into maybe some of those episodes where you found great visual, um, uh, uh, great visual uh, places to shoot these videos, great props to shoot these videos with. And so I think uh, we want to pick into your brain, Luke, about just one, your feeling on video, where it is in, in this day and age, how it's important to small businesses for marketing. But then, you know, how have you created that? Because I know you've produced, you're, you're, the, you're the production company of that. So we want to we talk about all that with Luke, and I want to give a minute for Luke uh, to introduce himself, and then we'll dive into kind of the, the full theme of the, of the show. Right on. Thanks for having me on Marketing Vermont, man. I'm psyched to be here. This is fun. Uh, yeah, history. Let's see. So um, I can go back a little ways. I came to Vermont first when I was 15 on a snowboarding trip, fell in love immediately, ended up going to journalism school here, uh, series of events, was working in the marketing department at um, Mount Snow, and that was right when YouTube came out and Facebook, and that's when I started getting interesting in video. Uh, and then I uh, left Mount Snow and started my company in 2010, Mondo Media Works. Um, and again, that was right as YouTube was picking up steam and was becoming a viable marketing platform. Mm -hmm. And here we are eight, nine years later. Uh, and where, we've, where did Mondo come from? What, what's the... Mondo is a nod to my Italian heritage. Okay. It's, it's uh, Italian for world. So, you know, taking your message to the world. That was, that was the idea behind it. Yeah. Cool. And so, um, so you've, been, uh, you've been doing some campaigns. As I mentioned, you've been working with some companies. Um, and now, just recently, you've really kind of refocused the efforts of Mondo to be very uh, uh, video and visually appealing that's uh, right. arts and, yeah. and, and marketing for, for many businesses. Yeah, that's right. So we started as a, I started as a video production company. It was just me. And then uh, slowly got asked to do more and more uh, digital marketing type things. And so grew the company up into more of a full service. But yes, recently pivoted back to what we've always done best to focus on video. Uh, but almost everything we do has a marketing angle to yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, so it's not like we're producing documentaries. Um, the, these are mainly promotional uh, videos we're making. Yeah, no, that's great. And so when Luke and I, and Luke and I have known each other on a couple different projects over the last couple of years, but uh, when when we launched Marketing Vermont, you know, Luke was at the top of our list uh, to interview and just get some feedback from, uh, because really what we've seen, and, and I know Aaron in some of our 
in some of our vodcast series with the video, he and I have talked a lot about this kind of serialized, episodic video that's really coming out. And so I want to talk with Luke first from a macro perspective of how important is video in today's marketing. And then maybe throughout, uh, as we get throughout the, the, the episode, we'll, we'll dig a little bit into this idea of serialized, episodic, long-form visual storytelling, which I think you're doing a, a great job with, uh, with your travels with Charlie. So first, Luke, let's talk macro. I mean... How big is video in marketing? I mean, we have to keep in perspective. I don't think people realize this, that the number one website in the world, and I'm not talking just U.S., in the world is Google. I think most people know that. But number two is YouTube. Okay. And this is ahead even of the like the Googles and Amazons of, of Asia. There's a website called Wanda that I think is number four or something. But YouTube is the number two website in the world. So when you ask, like, how big is video and, like, uh, how much potential is there for it, we have to keep that in mind. Um and Google owns YouTube, of course. So when you have the number one website owning the number two website uh, and controlling the world's information, at least in the digital uh, way, um, that there is a ton of potential there and it's extremely powerful. And we also need to keep in mind that, you know, when you take the Google kind of just searching around the internet factor out of it and we look at, you know, streaming video or, or Netflix and Hulu. Um, that streaming video overtook um, your classic, you know, connected cable uh, or, or uh, satellite television last year. So now we have Hulu and Netflix uh, that have overtaken cable, and we have YouTube as the, the number two um, website in the world. So, so yeah, it's huge. That's that's crazy, and and you know it reminds me of a story. I was just up in Paulette, Vermont, last weekend, driving through, stopped by at the country uh, uh, restaurant there, and I was sitting there and I was overhearing a, a conversation. There was an older gentleman, obviously a grandfather, uh, a father, and a bunch of his kids, and 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 one of the kids was really uh, kind of asking the dad and the grandfather, "Tell me more about the Air Force." So wait, what, how do you get into? Or was, sorry, the the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. How do we get into it? Did do they actually do this? But how would I? And the grandfather finally said, how do you know all this? The kid was 11, 12. How do you know all this? And he goes, oh, I've been watching YouTube videos. Exactly. Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, what a great opportunity for the Naval Academy, for any military branch, and for that matter, any brand or company to really be doubling down, tripling down if you want to reach that Gen Z. So that's that teenager, tween and not even born yet. So if we're really going after that next generation after the millennials, and the millennials are on the YouTube uh, oh, yeah. also, oh, yeah. but wouldn't we be marketing more on those? So even think of, yes, you're producing content as a video, but you know there's pre-roll, there's there's advertising within YouTube videos. Isn't oh, yeah. that a great place to, to put it? And yeah. I remember reading this statistic a couple weeks ago, over 75% of Gen Z, that, that group that we just talked about, over 75% of them consume over two hours of YouTube video a day. Yeah, and it's where they get their music, it's too. It's where they get their music, yeah. too. Yeah. So I think when we talk about YouTube being the, the second largest website, I think we also, you know, let's, let's contextualize that a little bit of the eyeballs of the youth and the eyeballs of your next consumer, the eyeballs of the people that are going to be in the communities for the next 50 years are all on these platforms, somewhat even more than Hulu, more than 
um, some of the other channels, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're definitely there, but YouTube is their go-to. And, yeah. And, and, and the DIY experience too, right? I'm always going yeah. there to figure out how to do stuff. That's exactly right. So if you look at YouTube's traffic and you break it down and you get the data from Google, why are people on YouTube, the number one and number two, and they're pretty close, it's, it's uh, entertainment. Uh, the top 10 videos of all time, they're almost all music videos. I think one of them is not. Uh, so number one is entertainment for sure, but close close behind it and, and almost the same percentage uh, is information, that people are using it as a search engine. Uh, just yesterday, I had to replace the cabin air filter on my on my car. I had no clue where to look, and I figured it out in 30 seconds. I just went to YouTube, and somebody showed me how. So yeah, it's uh, and, and if there had been a, a a local garage advertising on YouTube that you could also get oil changes, especially if you clicked on this button and it would be twenty five percent off, you might actually get yeah. your oil changed too. That's so right. So I think again, contextualizing that you know we're not talking about big global companies doing this. This could be simply your local garage buying some some ads in YouTube. and YouTube. Yeah, and that's what's so exciting and powerful about it is that. You know, your florist in Bennington or your uh, your bicycle shop in Rutland has the same uh, uh, audience. They can access the same audience that Coca-Cola can just yeah. with the with the push of a button when by just by publishing to YouTube. You know, granted, Coca-Cola has millions of dollars to boost that and like advertise with it. Um but that bicycle shop doesn't need that big of an audience, right? So they they have the same power now to get eyeballs that the, that these huge corporations do, which is so exciting. And I I try to remind my clients of that all the time when they when they get like all <laughs> bummed about their budget. You know, it's like, oh, it's like we can figure you this can, out. You yeah, can figure it out for yeah. sure. And it doesn't take a whole lot. And you know, a lot of small businesses only need a couple customers. You know, especially. Uh, if you're in the service business, you're only needing a couple, so so that that's a huge win. Yeah. So let's rewind. I mean, you're in you're in video production. I'm I'm a florist. I'm a baker. I mean, are we talking about you know? Let's go down to the 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 basic form of video. Do I need massive equipment? I mean, obviously, your Mondo Media is there as a as a as a business that you could hire. And I know there's a couple access channels in the area that you could use some of their video. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how hard is it to shoot video? Or, or how far, yeah. or, or what's, where's that sweet spot? Yeah, it, it totally depends on what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, if you're producing a brand video that you want to live on your website that sums up your company and what you're offering and it's going to be there for two or three years, then like, yeah, you probably want to invest and, you know, it, it can get expensive into the thousands of dollars. And that's a lot of our business at Mondo is producing those kinds of videos. Um, and we have very professional equipment. We have, you know, equipment that we're, we're shooting television commercials next week, two different ones. So we have that kind of experience and equipment, but you don't need that, you know? So if you are just producing something that's going to go up on Facebook and let's say you are the bakery and you just want to tell people about your daily specials, everybody's got it in their pocket. Like it's, it's ready to roll. You can download the iMovie app. I think it's like five bucks or 10 bucks for that app maybe, and it's pretty powerful, Um, but you don't even need that. You can just download the YouTube app and uh, upload directly. You can record in the YouTube app, upload directly on there. They have all the tools you need right there to do, you know, minor editing and just post it straight up to YouTube. So we've all got the power right in our pockets right now, which is exciting. And that really was the decentralization of marketing. You know, we started to see emerge in 2000s and then now really be 
uh, we've got some quality, even quality uh, iPhones or Androids that are shooting 4K right now. So yeah, that's the, true. The, the ability to actually take out of your pocket, and we've had that in our discussion on Marketing Vermont in the past, which is you know the, the daily challenge on Facebook Live that we've encouraged people to do. And, mm -hmm. and I'll always go back to, you know, one of the pushbacks I give to some businesses is when they keep coming to me and saying, I need help marketing, I need help marketing, what can you do, what can you do, the chamber, what can you do, Matt? And I say, have you started doing Facebook Live yet? And they go, no, no, I haven't. I say, okay, well, start doing one a week mm -hmm. and come back to me in six, eight weeks. Mm -hmm. they use, some of them come back and they say, I need help marketing, I need help marketing, teach me marketing. Da, da. And I say, oh, did you start your Facebook Live thing? And they go, no, I haven't. So. I mean, part of this is just practitionership. Some of it is just execution. Um, there is yeah. no silver bullet, and there is no easy way. Um, I think there's also the hesitation, uh, and maybe we can speak a little bit about this. I'd, I'd love to know your experience. Um, there are people that got into baking to bake bread, not to be on video. That's and right. so yeah. they get very, very nervous. Sure. And video is, I would say, probably the most nerve-wracking mm -hmm. uh, media for people. Have you run into that experience? What do you, oh, yeah. what do you? How do you coach clients on that? Yeah, I mean, I've had a good amount of experience on camera, um, less these days than, than in the past. Uh, so I guess it's kind of more second nature for me now. But even still, I'm way, I'm behind the camera way more than I am on the camera. And I still like... I still fluster up when it's time to be on the camera, even though I've been doing this for 12, 13 years. Um, and I've done it with a million other people. So it's, it's completely natural. And I, I totally get that. And, you know, I guess the first thing I say is just that practice makes it easier. I, and it just takes it and doing it over and over again. Um, the other thing that I've found that helps is when it's not just you, just one person on camera, like I'm, I'm all alone here mm -hmm. on camera. So, um, if you can get two people in it or it's more of a, like on Travels with Charlie, it's just three people talking. It's not like a, bam, camera is like directed right face, at this person, yeah. like in You're your face, like, what is your opinion on this? You know what I mean? It's it's a conversation and then three people are on camera at all times. I think that really loosens people up and they feel like, you know, when it's more of a conversation and not so much, here's my opinion, I hope people aren't going to judge me, um, that it tends to be a little smoother when it comes out that way. Yeah. Great. Well, you know, you brought up Travels with Charlie. I do want to spend some time on it. Travels with Charlie, uh, a, a new video series um, that's come out at least on Facebook. I know that's where you're publishing. That's it, the primary, primary platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. Called Vermont Politics in Real Life with uh, with Charlie Papillo. Yeah. Um, and uh, just talk to us a little bit about how that came to being. Um, you know, uh, what what is the rhythm of that? What is the what's the what's the magic of it? You now put out five episodes, I believe, just yep, recently. That's right. That's right. Um, so talk to us a little bit about Travels with Charlie. Yeah, so we are the production company on that. So uh, two cameramen and a sound guy on every shoot. And um, it is purposefully not planned out too much in advance because we want it to be organic wherever the setting is that we're, we're there. We want to think about how are we going to have the entertainment factor in here, right? Because that's the number one reason people are on YouTube and kind of absorbing um, video content. But then number two, we want to make it informational. So it's infotainment. Um, so, so we think about that. But we also want it to be more natural. And like I just said, it's three people having a conversation. And yes, there's we kind of want a debate in there so both sides can be presented. But it's basically just a conversation. 
Um, so we're the production company on that. Um, the Charlie is the host, so he's the host on every episode, and he keeps the conversation moving along. He does his research beforehand, of course, on who he's going to be interviewing and what the topics are. Uh, there's a director, Asher Crisp, and then there's a producer, Brad Furland, and that's that's the main team. So it's pretty lean and mean, yeah. uh, and we just go to a, a different spot in Vermont every few weeks and, well, and we talk think, about a hot topic. Yeah, I think the brilliance of it, um, you've been in everything from uh, restaurants to school buses to graveyards. I mean, the, the and, and they're just... They're simple props when you think about it. You don't need yeah. to, you know, you don't need CGI or anything. They're just, but based on what the topic is, that's kind of where we find Charlie in that week. And so that's right. um, it's just very interesting. Did, did they come to you? I mean, how did that kind of the partnership happen? Yeah, they came to us. So um, Asher grew up uh, in Newfane, where I live now, and I know his, uh, his little brother pretty well. And um so they just he knew of Mondo and um, you know appreciated our work and figured we'd be a good fit and not just for the technical like recording and and making a good product but also because we like to make silly videos too like Ski Vermont has been great uh, Vermont Ski Areas Association they've been great with letting us uh, run with kind of crazy ideas yep. and it ends up awesome and gets you know a ton of views online um so i think they appreciated that factor too that this was not supposed to be just a straight like news debate they wanted it to be um appealing to a younger generation but also um be mostly about the debate around a certain topic whether it's around act 46 act 250 uh next week we're doing the future of education with the you know the shrinking um school age population like how are we gonna how are we gonna handle our education in the future so they're not they're complicated topics, but we also want to have a little fun with it too. Right. Well, and I, that leads us into the the segment that I was really excited to kind of talk with you about, which is this idea of not just doing the traditional video. Uh, and and we were talking about this a little bit before that that um, we see companies, big brands, get into the digital space, get into the Facebook space, the YouTube space, uh, and they're and they're they're shooting commercials instead of shooting stories. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen a couple of those brands stumble just like they did when they were con- converting from radio to television and that those first couple TV commercials back in the 50s and 60s were stumbling because they, they did it like vaudeville, they did it like radio, <laughs> and they needed to yeah. learn how to do TV. And likewise, we have these brands like Coca-Cola and people stepping onto these platforms and they're selling you Coke mm-hmm. like they would on the TV. And that's not how people are digesting content. That's not how people are finding a brand to be authentic. And so it's very interesting. It'll, it will be interesting to see these larger brands kind of pivot and figure out how they build these uh, content things. I know one company, one big company, um, is uh, Farmers Insurance, uh, said they're, they're partnering with Hulu to create a three-part ad series, uh, which would uh, which would look into kind of form one complete story. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see how Farmers Insurance uh, does that, and that was early in January. So yeah. um, they're yeah. going to build up a story throughout this time period, and you're going to have to pay attention to their ads to figure out how the story ends, which is quite simple and quite brilliant. And so I want to spend some time with you talking about um, these kind of serialized, what I mean by that is like series or a serial, um, episodic 
and long-form visual storytelling, which is yeah. kind of what you're doing. It's even what Explore the Shires, uh, where I'm going around and I'm interviewing business owners and they're teaching me how to make spaghetti or they're putting yep. me up in a zero-gravity bike or things like that. So you get to follow me around as I explore the Shires myself. Awesome. Um, and so do you find that to be prevalent? Do you find that to be kind of the, the thesis behind Travels with Charlie? And do you find... Uh, you're heading that way with your own video yeah. as well. Oh man, there's so much I could say about this. I got to figure out where to start. <laughs> I mean, when I, so when YouTube was first like becoming a thing and I was working at Mount Snow at the time, this is like 2007, 2008. The first thing that I pitched my boss on and like that, that we did was, was an episodic um, series. It was called Right Arm and it was just me. I was kind of the host and I was just going around the mountain and talking to people, like talking to a snowmaker, like, hey, how do you make snow? You know, and uh, but then also having some entertaining stuff mixed in there. So that was 2007, 2008. And those videos were like five minutes long. And then, you know, seven minutes, seven years later or something, I couldn't believe that I got away with making a video that was five or six minutes long. I think four or five years ago, it was just all about like intention spans are short. Yep. Your video's got to be short. Like this is when Vine was huge, right? Which was yep. a six second limit. So at that point, like five or six years ago, that was all the, all the rage, right? Was it has to be as short, short. as possible. And there's still a place for that. Like a, a good amount of our business is still, we still, YouTube still has a six second pre-roll option. So we literally still make six second commercials and it's, it's so hard. It, it sounds easy, <laughs> but oh my God, it is so hard to get a message it's, it's down like to six seconds. It's like that professor that used to make you write all your thoughts on one page. I had one professor <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It was actually easier to write the 16 page totally. paper because oh you could just put everything in it. The one yeah. page you're you got to condense your thoughts down, I'm sure, yeah. the same true video. We, we could do an episode on short pre-rolls and how there you do go. that because there I've tried to crack that that uh, that, that nut. But, um, but now, yes, I do think it is going back to uh, longer form is becoming not only more accepted, but um, I think Google and Facebook are – or I know they are. They are um, – their algorithms give more preference to longer form these days. There's a – do you listen to Reply All that – that no. uh, podcast. Nope. Oh, do you should listen to that podcast. It's really good. It's just like about the internet. But they just had a very interesting. <laughs> yeah, they had a very interesting episode. Their last episode, it went back to how YouTube um, got to where they are now. And they had this insane goal of like a billion hours uh, a day or something was what the goal they wanted to get to. So their recommendation engine uh, started favoring longer form videos. And so people figured that out and they started making longer form videos. And this was like four or five years ago. Um, and this is when Facebook was getting into the video game too. Uh, so they started favoring longer form stuff too. And that is still, that is still held on today that the, the recommendation engines will push longer wow. stuff. So I think not only, um, has online video been around long enough and it's, it's not just like a silly cat video thing. It's like where people get their news. It's, it's where they get their info. Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. So people are now sitting down in front of their screens, uh, not just their television screen, they're sitting down to watch an entire episode of something on Hulu on their phones, literally. Yep. Um, so I think that has really changed. It went from like, what is this YouTube thing? And like, you can do whatever you want, Wild West, to like, everything's gotta be like wham, bam, super short. To now it's matured and people are, longer form is becoming a thing, yeah. Well, and I think the, the addictiveness you know, we, we've heard the term, you know, to, to binge on Netflix uh, and, and to binge on all those things. And so you've got people sitting down for Game of Thrones trying to watch it in 45 hours. Yeah. Um, those types of things. Uh, 
it's interesting to see that that because of the Netflix, the Hulu's, the Amazon Primes, that we really have television on demand, and therefore we have stories on demand. Yeah. And so I think um, I think what we're seeing with the being able to put those out on YouTube and have them be watched and digested um, is quite interesting, especially in an era where we think our attention span is getting quite short. Yeah, dude, my my most popular YouTube video of all time of all the hundreds, like maybe even like over a thousand videos I've made and posted online. My most popular one, which has like 1.2 million views or something, is an eight minute long video of me repairing my furnace. And I put it up on YouTube (laughs) and people, and I titled it the right way so that when people are typing in like my pilot light won't stay lit, you know, that's what was the title of my video. And, and that has been my most popular video of all time. It's just like blows my mind still. Yeah. So when we're building this, so let's so let's go down that 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 path of I'm trying to build something that is addictive. You know, I want my I want my customers. I'm a flower, uh, uh, a shop. I'm a baker. I'm an insurance guy. I want to go beyond the the 30 second spot, even mm-hmm. on YouTube or Facebook. I I somewhat even want to go beyond the Facebook Live, although I'll push hard on Facebook Live. It's very friendly to the algorithm right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like what you're saying, Luke and Matt, and I want to start to think about building out some of these episodic or serialized things. I mean, where do you think they start? I mean, how do you, or what's what are maybe the necessary ingredients? We're making a soup called yeah. uh, episodic videos. What's in that soup? It's, you always got to start with a goal. Like, I can't just, like, bark out um, uh, where what people should do without understanding what they're trying to accomplish. So... Like, give me a scenario here. Like, like who? What business are we talking about? And are they, do they want more sales? Like, what are we? What are we talking here? Um, if it's, let's say, it is a bakery, um, and let's say that they just opened, right? So they have some brand building to do. They need to build some awareness and make sure understand people understand that they exist. Um, but they also need sales, right? They need people to come in and actually buy their their donuts. Yep. Um, so for them, I think the place you start where you always have to start is a summary video. Um, it doesn't have to be super long. Uh, a minute to two minutes is typical for these summary slash brand videos. Uh, and that needs to be on your website. It needs to be on your Google My Business listing. It's got to be the top, like the, the header video on Facebook. You need something that people can always refer to. The press can always refer to of just like, Here's who owns the business. Here's what we're about, our mission, and here's what we offer. Here's here's the problem we're trying to solve for you. So that's always where you start. And then once you have that, then I think a bakery, because you're trying to brand build and get people in there, um, that you could be posting to Facebook um, a couple times a week, let people know what your specials are or you know what's what's new in the in the bakery case today. And those don't have to be long. Those can be 20-second updates. Uh, maybe you show a little behind the scenes of, of Rachel actually, actually making the donuts mm-hmm. um, and just say, like, hey, they're, these are, you know, $2 a piece today. Come on in. Say hi. Great. Yeah. Good. No. I, it, one of the things I used to say when we were trying to do things like Twitter and Facebook and even posts and trying to get our small business owners to, you know, we, we have a theme here that first you have to think of yourself as a media company and then mm-hmm. you have to think of yourself yeah. as whatever you normally do. So we want to always be attacking the, at least the marketing problem and communication challenge with, okay, first you're a marketing company and then, and then you're a baker and you're a, a florist. One of the things we used to talk about was Look at the magazine stands. If you're looking for a headline for your press release or you're looking for even how to talk on Twitter or how to get people's attention, all you have to do is turn to the left 
or right in your grocery store line mm-hmm. as you're checking out, and you can read what People Magazine, you can see what grabs people's attention. And so we always used to train on that. And so I guess equally I would say as you're looking at videos, especially if you're going down the road of, of that episodic one, what are you watching? It's amazing to me that businesses consume things mm-hmm. and then... And, and maybe it's a good real talent of yours, Luke. Mm-hmm. But but then they don't know how to like turn their brain off or on to then do it for themselves. And yeah. they really have a disconnect between look at all the things you're absorbing. So I I always like to use Chip and Joanna Gaines from uh, Fixer Upper as like a great example of look. There were plenty of house repair shows, mm-hmm. but they found the talent. They found the sweet spot. They found the authenticity. I think the the, the people felt like they were real. Yeah, um, so. you know, you know, I think that worked is because so many people undertake home improvement projects as a couple, right? Like whether it's your husband and wife or whoever you are with a partner or whatever, uh, and they're. <laughs> that that is so much more interesting and so much more like takes up so much more of your energy during a remodel than like actually like tearing into the wall. It's like figuring out uh, what's what color are we going to paint the wall like that that human side of it like, no, I hate that color, but I uh, but you love that color. Like, let's 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 get that on video Mm -hmm. like um, that. That's where those that that show really succeeds. Right. And they were the first ones to kind of really do that. Even the Property Brothers, like I know they're popular or whatever, but it doesn't really it's still fake in the sense that it's just them coming in and giving like professional advice yep. and doesn't really get to the the real like humanness of it. Yeah. So yeah. when we're, so when we're looking in that pursuit of excellence for for that type of video, I think Chip and Joanna are, are up there in that. But 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 likewise, I think I've I've seen some some uh, videos where the attempt is made to make. I'm not even sure the attempt is made to make them episodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one 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 campaign I'll pick on uh, will be the two hundred two hundred fifty one. Uh, Vermont campaign yeah. that was done a couple years ago. Yeah. A beautiful shot. Don't get me wrong. Great yeah. video. Beautifully shot. Um, but all it was was 251 individual right. videos that if you might be Googling the town that you're visiting in Vermont and you might find that and that's good. Yeah. As opposed to building a groundswell of some excitement around if you had been out there you were I the know, celebrity guy. So much potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be famous now, but we would be following Luke around 251 oh, episodes, I would love that. and then maybe he goes back to the first one again, or we do, mm-hmm. you know, all these. So, to me, it really there are some key factors that are, and I think people are interesting and people are awesome to watch. And so, I've long thought, you know, even if the chocolate shop. Not the chocolate shop down in Bennington, but if a chocolate shop had a great family, mm-hmm. which the chocolate shop in Bennington has, mm-hmm. uh, that you could almost put a video on them yep. and see dad arguing with son about how to make the the the, the cherry filled totally. chocolates. The, totally. the, the, the nice daughter checking people out of the cash register and maybe there's a you know, there's somewhat conflict throughout that. And uh, and I don't think you I don't wanna I don't want to burden people with the idea that you kind of have to make the the American Chopper or uh, Duck Dynasty. I I think that 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 if you could get to that level, that's great. But mm-hmm. I do think it's where, based on your work, Luke, with Mondo, where small businesses could a- actually eventually end up. That there could be a Luke following people around mm-hmm. for eight episodes in a in a season. Yep. Yep. Um, and. Yeah. Light people up and show, and they don't have to do it every day, but you could do once a month where you're following dad, son, yeah. and daughter around, and it'd be cool to kind of. Then I'm really buying into the brand of the chocolate shop or exactly. the flower or the bakery. 
Yeah, and you get information in there. You can get the entertainment in there. We we have a, a client who's in the the home improvement space. Um, speaking of like property brothers and stuff. Um, and they they have to make product videos, right? Like when they have a new product launch, they send it to us and we bring it into the studio and we make like these standardized kind of product videos and they need those. They have to bring those to the retailers to show them how the product works, to introduce it to the public, like here's how it actually works. But what we're pitching them on now is a serialized, longer form mm-hmm hey, let's find a couple who just bought a house and they have to go through a renovation. Let's sponsor that and let's film it and they'll use they'll use your tools through the entire renovation and it'll be a 10 or 12 part series and it'll be informational, but it'll also um, show the trials and tribulations they face so people can identify. Like you're not gonna buy a house and go through a renovation project without a ton of hurdles and roadblocks and like and straight fun, up brick what walls. Fun, what fun video to watch? Yeah, right? exactly. So, so you get to brand build, right? Uh, you're 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 not hard selling. They're just using your tools throughout, and maybe your logo is at the end and like a quick like sponsored by blah blah blah. Um, and it's got the two things in there. It's got the humanness part of it and the entertainment, therefore. But then it also has informational. Like it would also dive into like, hey, we are uh, repairing an old plaster wall here, and here's how we did it. So maybe a pro comes in to show them that something like that. So this gets back to what we were talking about before. Like this is um, some. This is not a trend that's going away. This longer form yeah. kind of episodic thing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about, Luke, and, and we'll kind of finish with this. We were talking before the the mic went on. Um, really just finding easy ways to build this. So, so one, hire Mondo or do that chocolate shop thing or do the, the build like we talked about. And I think there are businesses in southern Vermont and all of Vermont that could do that, as you've said with yeah. one of your clients. Yeah. If you're not ready for that, what are some other ways? And, and some of the things that you and I were talking about was simply a Q&A show. So if you're a florist, you could be doing a Facebook Live Q&A, collect some questions beforehand and say, hey, I got you for five minutes here. We got one question that came through email, one through Twitter, one through Instagram. How do you cut daffodils? What kind of water do you put it? Well, let me tell you and then do it there. I mean, that's just a quick frame one. Yep. You, you could literally see it where you're shooting it um, with your with your, with your camera on your phone, yep. Facebook Live, and you're answering these questions. That yep. can be a 10, 20, 30-minute show, yeah. and it becomes interesting because it's just Q&A. So yeah. I think one of the things that uh, we want to encourage is that, you know, you, you can build up that whole long episodic uh, uh, stuff that we were talking about, but also there are very easy ways where try not to create the content yourself. You are content. When you're yeah. answering questions, that's content. Yep. When, you're being, when you're interviewing, like one of the ways that we're trying to get this podcast out is interviewing thought leaders. I don't have to write a script. I'm just talking to you today. Yeah. So are there other ways that you can think of? Quick, easy. I'm a small business. How do I start to invest in my video? Yeah, I think the Q&A is the easiest because nobody knows better than a business owner the con- the kind of questions they, ca- they constantly get. So if it is a florist, you know, it might be like, hey, what kind of uh, plant food should I be using for my roses and when do I prune? Um, those are two pretty basic questions. So you're crossing off so many things off off a list by by making a Facebook Live video. It goes out live, and like you said, Facebook highly favors that in their algorithm. Mm-hmm. It's going to bump up to the top of somebody's news feed if, if you're live. 
Uh, so there's that. And then you can also save it afterward and publish it as a regular video. So now it lives on forever. Um, now you have people, uh, your own customers, that if they are calling and asking like that exact question or in your shop asking that, you can refer them, hey, we have a great video about this exact thing on Facebook. Now they're going to follow you on Facebook. You're building up your followership there. And then the last part is like, this is information. That is something that people are typing into Google like, what kind of plant food should I give my roses? Mm -hmm. So if you are titling your video that, uh, you take it from Facebook, put it on YouTube because Google and YouTube are the number one and two, right? And people are going there for information. And if you title that video, what kind of plant food do I give my roses? Uh, now you're getting fresh traffic from all over the world and you're brand building at the same time. Yeah. And if you sell online, I know florists don't really, but they might. Um, I'm not familiar with the, flora, the floral world. If you sell online, um, now you have worldwide exposure. If you put your links um, to your back to your e-commerce portion of your website on that video, mm. now you're selling all over the world. Yeah, and I think from a tourism perspective, if I'm Googling Bennington, Vermont or Brattleboro, Vermont, just I'm going to visit, I want to know a little bit more about what's going on, and I Google it, and those community videos are coming up from the baker, from the florist, from the chocolate shop, I go, man, what a great place to go visit. Heck, I might even go live there because I see people working really hard and, and I can believe in the story that's being told. Yep. Well, Luke, uh, give us uh, one more time uh, just your information. How do people get a hold of you? If they really liked what you were saying, especially around kind of what you're doing with the construction build and some of the other clients you're working with, website, phone number, email. Sure. We're uh, mondomediaworks.com. Uh, you can go on there. We have a contact form, so you can contact us right through there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram where we post a lot of behind the scenes of our video shoots and also our finished products. Uh, that's just at Mondo Media Works. Uh, those are probably the two best ways. Uh, we're on Facebook, but we do, we're much more active on, on Instagram. And then uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram at Luke Q Stafford. And uh, my family and I are actually doing the 251 Club. We're okay. doing all 251 towns. Uh, and this weekend, we're actually going to knock off some more. We're at like 100 right now. So you can follow my 251 town uh, journey on, on Instagram. Perfect. Well, Luke, thanks so much for joining us for Marketing Vermont. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thanks. Yep.